So a guy walks into a lumber yard and he says to the man behind the counter, I need a bunch of four by twos. The guy behind the counter says, I don't have any four by twos. Got a lot of two by fours. You want two by fours? The guy said, no, I need four by twos. The guy behind the counter said, look, dude, I've got acres of two by fours. Do you want two by fours or not? Well, the man's frustrated. He goes out to talk to his buddy in the truck, comes back in three or four minutes later, and he says, I guess we'll take the four by twos. We'll make them work. We'll turn them sideways. Guy behind the counter says, how long do you need them? Long time. We're building a house. Okay. All right. All right. The problem, we said this last week, the problem with communication is assuming it's happened, right? In order to communicate, you can't have just talking. You've got to have listening. You've got to have understanding. You've got to have comprehension. And so we are focusing as a church family now on hearing God. Remember last week as we introduced this six-week series, we laid out four truths what we call four principles that are going to shape and inform everything we talk about in here together for these six weeks. These are, number one, God's spokenness is essential to his uniqueness. Remember, let's go ahead and get those on the screen if we can. Number one, God's spokenness is essential to his uniqueness. In other words, our God is a talker. This whole series is predicated on the fact that our God speaks. He has a voice. He does not have laryngitis. Our God is speaking to his children today. Secondly, hearing God's voice is normal discipleship. I'm afraid our tendency is to call people who speak to God prayers and people who hear from God weirdos. But the Bible is very clear that Hearing the voice of God is standard, it's normal, that's to be expected if you're living in Christ. Thirdly, you must choose to hear the voice of God. It's got to be intentional, this is really important. You have to make the decision that you're going to grow in your desire and your capacity to hear God. And lastly, God wants you to know him or wants you to hear him so you can know him. If you hear God better, you'll know God better. You'll grow more deeply. You'll be directed more truly. You'll be comforted more fully. You'll be equipped more powerfully when you're hearing God. Now, I don't think any of us have a problem with any of these four principles. I think we're all good. That yes, we know God is speaking. The trouble is with God is speaking to me. We have a hard time believing that God speaks directly to me. This morning and all this week, I want us to consider together that hearing God happens in holy relationship. If you're not in a close and dynamic personal relationship with God in Christ, then yeah, you're going to have trouble hearing God. John chapter 10, we read some of this earlier around the table. Listen to the Lord Jesus Starting in verse 2, the one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of his sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. This whole passage is about relationship. 
You know, shepherds in the Middle East, they're known for having a devoted relationship with their flock. Shepherds in that part of the world talk to their sheep constantly. They sing to their sheep all day and night. They sometimes will pull a little reed flute out of their bags and they'll play the same simple tune over and over again so the sheep have a known, familiar, and consistent sound to follow. And I want you to notice here that Jesus doesn't use his voice to lead all the sheep. He speaks to his own. Jesus knows his sheep. They belong to him. He calls them by name. They're always together, listening. They hear his voice, and they follow. Again, the main point here is the relationship. This is all relational language. Listen to the Lord in verse 14. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The sheep who hear the shepherd's voice are in a close, tight relationship with the shepherd. And it's not just mutual, it is comprehensive. It's total. Jesus and his disciples have an intimate relationship. The same relationship, Jesus says, that he has with the Father. That is staggering, right? That's mind-blowing to think that you're as close to Jesus as he is to God. And it's in this mutual relationship, this committed and devoted relationship, that's how we hear his voice. We hear God in holy relationship. A couple of chapters earlier in John chapter 8, listen to Jesus. The one who belongs to God hears what God says. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. If you have a hearing problem, it might be that you have a relationship problem. Now, the daily word and prayer exercises that we've put uh, in the middle of the bulletin this week, I think if you'll give yourself to those exercises every day of the week for these five or six weeks, I think that will improve your relationship with the Lord, thereby improving your capacity to hear. I would ask you to do that. I would invite you to spend that time every day in word and prayer. So improving our hearing means paying attention to your relationship with God. It also means paying attention to all the different ways God is speaking. Our God is sending us divine messages all the time in a variety of ways. One of the ways God is speaking to us today is through the Bible. This is the number one primary way God is speaking to us today, through scriptures. And so the very first and the very best way to hear God is to read your Bible. It's the most obvious way, and this is exactly what Jesus did. As the living word made flesh, Jesus didn't just fulfill Scripture. He read it. He studied it. He memorized it. He meditated on it. It was always right here in his heart. Every time he taught, Jesus was interpreting Scripture. He quoted scripture to ward off temptation. He used the words of scripture to rebuke his critics. He used scripture to pray to his father. He used the pictures in scripture to make sense of his circumstances and to gain perspective. 
Jesus Christ perfectly models the purpose of Scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3. You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. The Bible is the number one way God speaks to us today. So if you come up to me and you say, I'm having a problem hearing God, I'm going to ask you, are you reading your Bible? Don't expect God to open his mouth if you don't open his book. It's like your phone is turned off. Don't complain about not getting any calls from me if your phone's turned off. If your Bible is closed, so are your ears. And I would encourage you to read it out loud. Never read the Bible silently or to yourself. It's the best advice I was ever given my first week of seminary, 2005. Always read the Bible out loud. That is the number one thing that I have changed or done in my life that has improved my hearing. Think about that. You're reading the Bible out loud. You are audibly hearing the Word of God with your physical ears. You do that for five or six weeks every day, reading the passages out loud, and then you tell me what's different and how that's changed. To me, it's the difference between reading a book and hearing the author, knowing the one who wrote it. So the Bible is the number one way that God is speaking to us today, but God's voice is not limited to just the Bible. We know God speaks to us in a variety of ways because the Bible itself says God speaks to us in many, many different ways. Well, what are some of those ways? Okay, what about creation? We've sung about that this morning. What about creation? God's voice comes through loud and clear by the works of his hands. Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of our God. The skies proclaim the works of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There is no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. God's speech, God's voice through creation. God speaks his nature to us through nature. You know, Jesus says every sparrow, every lily, every rainbow, every field of grass, there's a message for us from God. In Romans chapter 1, starting in verse 19, the Bible says, What may be known about God is plain because God has made it plain. For since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what's been made so that people are without excuse. God's voice in creation is so loud and so clear and so consistent that it's inexcusable for anybody to deny that he is the Almighty Lord. God speaks through creation. He also speaks through Holy Spirit gifted teachers. God has one voice, but he uses lots of different mouthpieces. 
Ephesians 4 says it was Jesus who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. God speaks to us through these kinds of people. Sometimes somebody will come up to me after a sermon and they'll say, God really spoke to me today. God used you, Alan, to speak to me today. Listen, I get that. I understand that. And I am grateful to God for that. Not to toot my own horn, but to praise God, I get to be one of his horns. Think about the teachers in our churches. Think about the pastors and the evangelists in the kingdom of God. It's amazing that God uses somebody like me or Alan Collins or Taylor Hudgens or Kyle McGraw, Kristen Rampton, Shannon Augustin, J.E. Bundy, Patrice McKinney, Brandon Brunson. The list goes on and on. God uses these people to teach us and encourage us and inspire us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 says, This is what we speak, not words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. Words given us by the Spirit. Church, be grateful to God. For all the gifted teachers among us, all the preachers and teachers, all the artists and podcast hosts and authors and singers on all of their different multiple platforms, through all of that, God is speaking. God also speaks through the community of faith. He speaks within and through his church. Has a fellow Christian ever told you exactly what you needed to hear at exactly the perfect time. That's our God. We are a community of the spoken to and the spoken through. God uses us to speak his words to one another, and we ought to pay attention. In Acts chapter 15, you know, that church in Jerusalem is wrestling with the Gentile problem. And they consulted scripture and they prayed and, and there was a lot of discussion and they made some decisions based on what? Verse 28 says, it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. They heard God in community. God's Holy Spirit is continually connecting Christians together so they can hear God's voice. We need community. You need this community at Golf Course Road. That's why we encourage every member of our church family to get plugged into a small group, to become connected to a Bible class so we can hear the voice of God together. If you're going to improve your hearing, you've got to be in community with God's people. How are you going to grow closer to the shepherd if you're not spending time with his sheep? How are you going to improve your relationship with the Father if you're ignoring his other children? So God speaks to us in the community of faith. He also talks to us through our circumstances. 
You know, God has spoken frequently to me through closed doors to tell me what to do and through open doors to tell me where to go. God has used opportunities in front of me to give me direction and focus. And we don't particularly enjoy this, but God speaks to us through our trials, through our sufferings. I know you can look back at your own life and you can see where God used a terrible situation to get your attention. I think it's wrong to think that every single bad thing that happens to you is from Satan. Don't believe that every trial you endure comes from the devil. If you think that way, that might be keeping you from hearing the voice of God. Hebrews 12 says God disciplines us as a loving father disciplines his child. The Bible says, Hosea says, quoting God, I will lead you into the desert and speak tenderly to you. Psalm 119 says, it was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. The psalmist is saying, when I was suffering, man, that's when I really tuned in. That's when I really started paying attention, when I was in this terrible trial. C.S. Lewis says, pain is God's megaphone. So when you're suffering through difficult circumstances, when, when you're enduring a painful trial, don't say, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? Say, Lord, please help me hear what you're telling me. Help me to be open to what you want to say to me during this time. So God is speaking to us through the Bible, through creation, through the community of faith, through gifted teachers, through our circumstances. I think with all of that, we're all pretty comfortable, right? We're all good with these things. Well, hold on. Buckle up. Because God speaks through angels. All of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament, affirms that God speaks through his angels. In the Bible, the word angel just means messenger. It just means courier. And in Scripture, God consistently, all the time, uses angels to deliver his word. And nowhere does the Bible say that that has stopped. Now, you may not be aware that God has ever used an angel to speak to you. But you are also very aware that the Bible says you're not always aware when you're talking to an angel. Hebrews says, be kind to strangers. Why? Because you never know. You might be talking to an angel. God also speaks through dreams and visions. Old Testament and New Testament, God's voice is heard in dreams and visions. Numbers 12 says, when a prophet of the Lord is among you, I reveal myself to him in visions. I speak to him in dreams. Again, it's presented as normal in Scripture for God to speak to us this way. Think about Joseph and Daniel and, and Peter and Paul. And think about Joseph and Mary. There's a long list of folks in Scripture who heard the Word of God in a vision or in a dream. Think about the time of the judges. Remember the judges? Nobody's living according to the, to the laws of God. Nobody's living in holy relationship with God. 1 Samuel 3 says, the, Lord of the, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There weren't many visions. In the Bible, if God is not speaking to us in dreams, it means there's something wrong. Now, personally, 
I don't feel like I dream very much. When I do dream and it's something I remember, it's probably because I had Mexican food the night before. But I do believe God is still speaking to us in dreams. I believe that with all my heart. You go to another country where the Bible is illegal. You go to a country where Christianity is against the law. And these are well-documented. Missionary organizations have hundreds of stories of people running up to them out of the blue saying, I had a dream. God told me to find you today. God spoke to me. Someone in a white robe spoke to me in a dream last night and told me I needed to find you so you could tell me about Jesus. Hundreds of those stories. The point is, you can outlaw the Bible. You cannot limit the voice of God. Okay, so God is speaking through the Bible, through creation, gifted teachers, the community of faith, our circumstances, angels, dreams and visions. We haven't even talked yet about burning bushes and donkeys and Morgan Freeman. We haven't even talked about that. But the last thing I want to mention is just what we're calling impressions of the Holy Spirit. Along with the Bible, this is the primary way that God speaks to his children today through the Holy Spirit. Nehemiah decides to rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. Why? In Nehemiah 2, he says, this is what my God had put on my heart to do for Jerusalem. See, by God's Holy Spirit, he has the capacity to communicate directly into your heart. When you became a Christian, God gave you his hearing aid. He gave you the receiver to hear him, the gift of his indwelling Holy Spirit. You can expect the Holy Spirit who inspired every single word of the Bible to give you special instructions on how to apply it, to give you special direction on how to live your life the way God wants you to. In John 14, 26, this is around the table on that last night with his disciples. Jesus says, the Holy Spirit whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I've said to you. Church, 300 years of enlightenment and rationalism have established a rock-solid idol in the Western world that we are fighting every day, even in our churches. Society says the spiritual world is not real. We say it is. We know there is a reality that we cannot see. We know there is a wisdom you cannot study about in college. We know there is a truth Beyond what you can measure in a lab. We know these things. The world doesn't know these things. We know them because we have God's hearing aid. We do. Going back to Second, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We speak of God's secret wisdom. A wisdom that had been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10, but God has revealed it to us by his spirit 
The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among people knows the thoughts of a person except that person's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Don't ever say, you don't know God's thoughts. Don't ever say you can't understand God's will. Don't ever say you can't comprehend what God is doing. Because we do. We know all of it. We know exactly what God is thinking and what God is doing because his Holy Spirit is inside us. His Holy Spirit is his own spirit, right? It's not some lesser being. Think about your spirit for a second, okay? Your your spirit, what's inside you, your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, right? Your spirit knows more about you than anyone else. Your spirit knows exactly who you are and what you're doing and what you're all about. God's spirit, it says right here, is the same way with God. God's spirit knows everything about who God is and what God is doing. And so by the gift of his spirit, we've got access to God's mind. We know what God is thinking. We do know God's will. Because of the gift of his Holy Spirit. It's communication, right? That's communication. Communication is guiding someone else's thoughts, okay? Like I'm communicating to you right now, hopefully. Hopefully. If you're thinking about the Holy Spirit right now, then I'm, I'm communicating. If you're thinking about lunch, then I'm not doing such a good job, okay? I'm not communicating if you're thinking about lunch. And I am a finite human being. Look at me. Come on. I got nothing, right? I got, I got some words. I've got a voice. I can use inflection. I can use volume. I can use facial expressions. I can use body language. I can use slides on the screen. That's about all I got to communicate to you. I'm finite. God is infinite. God has the ability and the desire to speak directly into your heart. He communicates straight into your brain, right into your soul. That's what he's doing through his Holy Spirit who lives inside you. God has a voice, and he is speaking to his children today through the Bible, by the Holy Spirit, in dreams and visions, through circumstances and gifted teachers, in the community of faith. Hopefully you're thinking, hey, I have been hearing from God. I just didn't know what to call it. I believe God is talking to us all the time, every day. But I don't think we catch all of it. I think God is broadcasting a whole lot more than we're receiving. We may not be catching much of it at all. There was a, a, a telegraph company back in the 1940s. They were wanting to hire someone who knew Morse code. They needed to add an employee. And so they put an ad in the paper. And the next day, there were several applicants, a dozen or so, in the waiting room waiting for their interview. And they all just sat there for several minutes. And after 10 minutes or so, one of the applicants just got up very confidently, walked through the door into the office, closed the door, came out six or seven minutes later. He had the job. Nobody else even got to interview. Hey, what gives? You know, they were all upset. How did this guy get the job? Well, the owner of the company had been tapping on the wall of the waiting room. 
in Morse code. And what he tapped was, if you want the job, it's yours. Come into the office and get it. I wonder, all of God's messages out there and how many of them we're actually picking up on. Church, what is it going to take for us to hear God? Because we're all selective listeners, right? I am. I'm a selective listener. If I'm watching the Rangers or I'm watching Seinfeld or I'm watching a progressive insurance commercial, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm here, you know, and there's nothing else going on. I'm right here. Our daughter Whitney can walk in and tell me something about her car. Carrie Ann can walk in and tell me the house is on fire. I'm not hearing any of it because I'm locked in right here. I am missing a very important message from someone I love and someone who loves me because all I'm focused on is this very unimportant thing right in front of me. What's it going to take? What's it going to take for us to begin to hear the messages from our God? You say you don't hear from God. Here's a question. How many times has God called you, but your line's busy? You've got to reduce the noise in your life if you're going to hear the whisper of God. The one thing our world hates is the one thing that you've got to learn to love. You cannot listen if you are not silent. Notice the pattern of our Lord. Mark chapter 1. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. When he wants to commune with the Father, Jesus goes to where it's quiet. He doesn't try to hear God's voice above all the noise. He goes to a quiet place. Mark chapter 6, because so many people were coming and going, Jesus said to his disciples, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Until we get to a quiet place, until we get quiet, we don't realize how truly noisy the world really is. If we want to hear God better, we got to cut out the interference. We've got to get quiet before God. We've got to be still in the presence of God and listen to his voice. The next time you're reading your Bible, you should say to God, okay, I'm still, Father. Please talk to me. Tell me what I need to hear. The next time you're praying to the Lord, you might say, Father, is there something you want to say to me today? Because I'm listening. The next time you're alone with God, hopefully this week, practice the words Eli taught to Samuel. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. In order to recognize and hear and follow the voice of the shepherd, the sheep and the shepherd must be in relationship together. During the Palestinian uprising in the 1980s, one of the Israeli army commanders decided on his own that they were going to punish a little village next to Bethlehem for not paying their taxes. And so this regional army commander ordered that every single animal in this village be rounded up and put in a barbed wire pen, this massive, huge 
lockup. Hundreds of animals. They got every animal in the village. Two days later, a widow lady and her young son approached the commander. Please let me have my little flock of 24 sheep back. These 24 sheep are all I have for my livelihood. I'll die without these sheep. And the commander reportedly just kind of laughed at her. Okay, lady, I can't do that. There's hundreds of animals here. How are we going to pick out your 24? She begged him. She bargained with him. If I can identify my 24 sheep, can I have them back? Again, he kind of laughed. Sure, yeah, whatever. And he opened the gate. And the young boy stepped into the gate, pulled a little wooden flute out of his bag, and began playing a short little tune over and over again. And within one minute, sheep's heads began popping up in that pen. And the boy continued to play. And the woman and her son walked home with 24 sheep following them. Maybe you're hearing God's voice right now. Maybe you're hearing him right now. Maybe it's really loud in your heart. Maybe his voice right now is very clear in your soul. Maybe it's so compelling in your brain. Don't ignore it. Listen to what God is saying. Maybe he's calling you right now to finally commit to a relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. Maybe you've never been baptized and you can hear God because he's talking straight into your heart. Maybe, maybe he's calling you to rejoin him in relationship, to come back to him. Maybe he's calling you to jump in with this church family and commit to a local community of faith. Are you listening? Maybe God's speaking to you right now. What we want to do is we want to give some space and some time to respond to God's voice. And so I'd like to ask our elders and our ministers and their spouses, if y'all would stand up and just step out into the aisles, make yourselves available, we'd like to pray with you. We would love to pray with you to help you hear God, to listen for God's voice with you. We want to encourage you. We want to bless you. We want to affirm God's love for you and help you to hear his voice. Stand with me, church. From Isaiah 55. Listen. Listen to me. Give ear and come to me. Hear me that your soul may live. Amen.